DJ and PK brought to you in part by Mountainland Supply. Join Scouting Hands and Mountainland Supply's customer appreciation day tomorrow from 10 a.m. to 2 p.m. 1505 West, 130 South in Orm. Free street tacos, appearances by the Diesel Brothers and Rulon Gardner, plus free hats and T-shirts. Stop by Mountainland Supply tomorrow from 10 to 2. It's time to welcome in Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. Steve, good morning. Morning, guys. Steve, the Jazz are up three games to one. They have won three in a row since Donovan Mitchell returned. Some Jazz fans are still worried. Some cite last year's 3-1 collapse to the Nuggets. What level of concern do you have for the Jazz? Uh, that'd be none. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be none. No, they're uh, – and it's not like Memphis isn't competing and, and they're, they're not coaching this group up. And they're, the, I think, the youngest team in the NBA. But uh, – and they're putting up a battle and a fight, but not not back at home. They'll finish this thing at home, and uh, they're getting great production from everybody on the floor. And you can just see, I mean, every interview I hear, they talk a little bit about remembering last year and when they were up 3-1 and lost to Denver. But uh, this team is, is, is not going to get upset in this setting. And um, they're playing great. I mean, it, they, had, they had to play well uh, in the second half. Memphis, Memphis has been quite a test. They just play so hard, um, and I, I can't imagine Conley. You know, he looks like he grew up playing there. But he hit some big shots at the end of that game. Obviously, Clarkson and Mitchell kind of carried the team offensively, but um, the Jazz just continue to shoot the three ball, and that's been the difference. And um, they withstood some runs by Memphis, I thought, and that they could have kind of folded it, and they just came back and made big baskets. And fun game to watch. As I look at it, you know, I got to give Memphis credit for competing because they're an emerging team and they're young and all this. And we'll check back in two or three years and see who they add and how much better they can be. But for right now, as I just look at it, I just come down to the bottom line is the Jazz have more talent, which is why they're up 3-1. I can't really see any other explanation. Yeah, you know what? I mean, it's not like both coaches aren't doing everything they can. And you're right about uh, Memphis. I mean, they play with great effort. They compete just like the Jazz do. And there is just a difference in talent level. There's just so many different guys on that team that can step up. I mean, Bogdanovich is kind of just not, you know, you don't even notice him in that game. And, and yet he's had games where he's had 25, 30, 40 points. You know, I mean, he's capable on any given night. <clears throat> Gobert is kind of just invisible the first half, and all of a sudden he gets 16 second half points. And and I, I honestly, Conley just seems more relaxed, more in tune with the guys. I mean, last year was a little bit of a struggle, but he's hit big threes, timely threes when momentum was shifting, and uh, and and obviously we the expectation for Donovan Mitchell and Jordan Clarkson is you know is given. I mean, you, you expect both of those guys to step up and play, and uh, and Jordan Clarkson could pretty much start on any other team in the NBA. He could probably start on this team if that's the way they wanted to go. But having him come off the bench, uh, I think, I don't know, he seemed like he scored like 10, 12, 13 points in a row uh, for the Jazz. So you're right. The talent is different. The experience is different. Jazz should win this game. They will win this game. But uh, it's fun to see a scrappy Memphis team play. I mean, we've all watched teams like this that are young like that, and they've got great energy. So, my hat's off to them. I, I, I didn't know a lot about the coach at Memphis. You know, I mean, he's got a pedigree. 
he's, he, he comes from a great line of coaches. But I didn't realize he was in his mid-30s. I didn't know much about him. So that's quite a success story in itself. So when you look at the Jazz, are the playoffs revealing any flaws to you that you think could be a problem down the line? The Jazz are pretty much who you thought they were. Maybe they're a little better than you thought they were. You know, I, I don't see any real significant flaws. I mean, they, they need to shoot the three ball well because they're not a team that's pounding it inside. Uh, there's not a lot. And, and they do run, but the, it's selective. It's not like they get a, a great deal of transition points, but I, I think – they just got such great shooters. They can space the floor. They move without the ball. The guys aren't standing around, and it's hard to guard teams like that, especially when they're such lethal shooters. So, and, and you got a big guy inside, Gobert, who, who's not selfish. You know, he may not get a touch and a half, and then he comes in there and and uh, has a presence defensively and scores 16 points. So, I mean, you look at Angles, Clarkson, Conley. Uh, Boganovich, O'Neal, I mean, they're all capable on any given night. And I think the advantage that the Jazz have, too, is they've been there. This group's now been together for a while. And uh, you, you just uh, you just feel like no matter what kind of adversity they face, eventually they'll get through it and make the right play. And so I don't know if there's a, a team in the league that has a better chemistry and culture than the Jazz have. And, and, and there's, I don't know, there's a maturity there that basketball maturity that they seldom take bad shots they seldom take four shots unless you know somebody's defending them when they have to shoot something late in the clock i mean they're just that you don't see them take many bad shots and uh the ball never gets sticky it's always moving so uh no i i don't i don't see any weaknesses i mean the the, the team that i and i don't think they're going to get out i'm not sure that the lakers are going to get out of the playoffs the, the Lakers are a different type of team for anybody, and, and, and obviously the Clippers are playing better right now too, but the Lakers, if they were healthy, would be, it could be a challenge because they slow the game down, they can pound it inside, and when their shooters are shooting, it, they play different than everybody else in the league for the most part. And, and so I, that, would, that would be a matchup that I think with the Lakers were healthy and the Jazz were healthy, that would be an amazing series. But I'm not sure the Lakers will even get to that point uh, with, the, with the injuries they're having. So that, that's the one team, if they got healthy, that, you know, just any team that's got LeBron James on it can will themselves to win. He's done that a few times. But I, I, I just don't see anybody. I mean, I, honestly, uh, looks like the Clippers are stepping up and doing things. You know, we may see a Jazz-Clippers matchup here sooner than later, and uh, we'll see what happens. But Jazz just have too much depth, too much shooting, too much maturity, and uh, and they're competitive. I mean, they are competitive and high basketball IQ team. They just don't make many mistakes. They seldom beat themselves. When I look at Mitchell now, I've come to the conclusion, maybe not on his own, can he tell everybody, all right, guys, get on my back. I'm going to take you. But with this team and the composition of the guys who are in the rotation, I believe that they can win a title with Mitchell being the leader on offense with the help that he has. Maybe not individually, but with his skill level and combined with his counterparts on the team. I think he can do it. What would you say? You know what? He he knows how to create space on his own and, and to get shots. But the spacing of their offense, it's hard to leave Bogdanovich in the corner. It's hard to leave Conley up top. I mean, you've got guys, they have to honor the shooters. 
And so as if Donovan Mitchell didn't already have a skill set to create space and get shots off, it's even more so with the team and with his teammates. And I, and I think that his teammates are fully supportive of that. And, uh, and, and you know what? That, it, it, Clarkson and, and I, I would, I'd be interested to know the minutes that Clarkson and Mitchell play together because both of them are really, really good with the ball in their hands. And, uh, and, and that's why Clarkson's so valuable that when Mitchell can step off the floor, that Clarkson can just replace him. Not that he's Donovan Mitchell, but he, he can score and he can create space and he can make things happen. So they even have that when Mitchell's not in the game. So I, I agree. I mean, the the setup, the, the what they do offensively, the spacing, uh, and the ability to shoot the three makes Donovan Mitchell even a better player than he already is, and he's really good. But he he gets space that a lot of folks don't get because people sag and help. I mean, look look at how the Jazz guard Morant. You know, I mean, they know they don't have a lot of shooters. They can clog up the middle. Uh, if if they had shooters, uh, Morant would even have more feet. And he, he's amazing as a young player. I mean, it's just so much fun to watch him and Brooks play because they're so competitive and they play at a high level all the time, but they have a much more difficult road to get to the rim or knock shots down because they don't, they're not surrounded with shooters like the jazz are. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider joining us. And I am curious if you have any inside information on what could possibly be going on with the Clippers, because I thought Balmer early in Game 3, was going to start firing people and cutting players. He looked way more into the game than anybody on the court. The Clippers were down two games to none and just getting drilled. I mean, it's 8-2, to two, where's the response? It's 16-4, to four, where's the response? It's 30-11. to 11. Now, the response comes and they win the game, so who cares about a bad first quarter? But in the moment, I thought Ballmer was going to explode, and he's the owner. He probably knows what's going on. It just strikes me that this isn't X's and O's. Whether it's personalities, chemistry, I can't put my finger on it. Can you? You know, a, a couple of subtle things that have happened. I, I would much rather have Reggie Jackson running the point, a guy who I know can make baskets. Not not that Patrick Beverly doesn't have a role on his team, but he, they can't they can't win with him playing a point guard thirty minutes. So Reggie Jackson's the one thing, and uh, they they've gone small as well. Uh, I think Batum, I think that's his name, is. Uh, is an undersized big. And so they, they have more versatility with that group. And, and, and certainly, uh, you know, the two key, you know, Leonard and, and, and Paul uh, are, are making baskets and they're, they're shooting the three. I mean, they were 13 for 31, I think, in one game and 13 for 33 in another. And so when, when they're hitting the three ball, Reggie Jackson is a guy that can, here again, create space. They have, they have to honor him, which gives Leonard and George opportunities to, you know, get into the seams and make things happen or help other guys. I, I don't know what happened psychologically or emotionally or within the chemistry of this team, but those two things, Reggie Jackson actually running the show now and then having Rondo come in. I mean, Rondo comes in and, you know, he has a, he has a quiet night, but all of his points were in the fourth quarter. <laughs> you know, I mean, he, he scores late in games. So I think the, the Reggie Jackson and the Rondo, uh, I, I like that tandem of point guard, but I like Reggie Jackson. He's athletic. He can take a beating. He can play more minutes. Uh, that would be one thing that I see that uh, makes them better rather than just standing around passing a ball and taking contested shots all the time. And then, I, I, you know, I, I don't know how good a friend Paul 
I mean, Leonard, Kawhi Leonard is a really quiet guy. But I, everybody I know, uh, I know the uh, a couple of guys here in Fresno are on the staff at Fresno State, and uh, they they coach Kawhi at San Diego State. And uh, they said, you know, he actually has quite a sense of humor. He, he gets along great with his teammates. And so I, I give maybe Kawhi, because he and Paul are both kind of quiet guys. And uh, they're a little more reserved publicly, though Paul's kind of got a form, a form a time or two in the last six months where he's saying things that have kind of beat, got him beaten up a little bit. But I, I just think that the two of them must be having conversations. And uh, – and collectively as a team. I mean, they've kind of been embarrassed nationally, and they've taken a lot of wrath from a lot of folks, and rightfully so. They just haven't played the expectations or at a level they should be. Uh, but I, I don't think that team has great depth. I mean, if Morris can make baskets for them, they're way, way better. But they don't have a lot of guys coming off the bench knocking baskets down for them. So they got to kind of go with the guys that that are good. And, and obviously they got two great ones. So uh, the collection of those things, you know, I, I mean, hey, listen, I know how competitive Paul is, and I know how competitive Kawhi is. It, it, it's, it doesn't settle well with them, and, uh, and they've shown it. And I would be shocked if they lose this series. In fact, it, it, Dallas might not win a game. And, and the, the sad thing for Dallas is that Donkic looks like he's hurt, and that will really seal their fate if that's the case. From a coaching perspective, we've had some people – get with us about how the Jazz games have been close. So from the fan perspective, they're nervous, you know, because they want to the last five minutes to be relaxed, feet up, and just play out the clock until you win, get to all the zeros. But from a coaching perspective, how good is it to have these games? They had a, the Jazz have had a couple of games now where five minutes to go, you know, the score at least would indicate that the game is in balance. So I'm wondering from a coaching perspective, is that better for the team as opposed to just rolling out a bunch of 20-point wins? Yeah, because the farther they go in the playoffs, the closer and more competitive the games are going to be, especially on the road. And, and they have to go back. And if, you're, if your most recent memories are with three and a half minutes to go and you're up three on the road and you finish a game out like they've been finishing games out, that gives them con- Even though they're really good players and they're pros and they're some of the best in the world, it's not like they can't lose confidence. And, you know, I think we just assume that they're just confident all the time. This is a game where a team can take you out of your confidence and your comfort zone. Teams do that defensively. And so, yes, anytime you have games like this, especially when they're well-earned, if it's games where you're making mistakes and turning the ball over and having bad shot selections, but that's not what's happening. I mean, Memphis hasn't gone away. They've, I mean, basically the last two games, the Jazz have had to, to really uh, shore up everything, make big baskets, make big shots, or they lose. And because Memphis came at them, and I know they're not as talented as the Jazz, but on the road anything can happen. So yeah, I, I think those things are invaluable for this team, especially when they have a little bit of a history over the last couple of years of not finishing things and not being where they need to be. But. Uh, uh, yeah, so anything, anytime they can face adversity and overcome it, it gives them more confidence. And, and certainly they've got a great coaching staff that puts them in good positions. But at the end of the day, uh, the, I think those kind of experiences will help you down the road uh, when you face adversity. How do you handle it? And who has the ball? What are we doing? Uh, and, and to be honest with you, the Jazz have done that really well against us. Anytime you're supposed to win, 
and a team is hungry, a young team like this, uh, you know you're going to be in for a battle. And uh, I think Gobert said it at post game is that he, everybody in this league's pretty good, and if you you let you 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 let your guard down at all, they're going to come at you and 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 capitalize on your weaknesses. And so we we just got to continue to play to the very end, uh, especially when you're on the road. You get a little maybe it's, maybe it's a little more comfortable at home when teams don't shoot the ball. Well, you go in going on. It's hard to win games to start with, no matter what. I don't care what level you're at. But it's really hard to win games on the road uh, against good teams and teams that play hard. It's a little easier when the big guy who couldn't shoot free throws is now at the point where he can go 7 of 9 and hit two pre- pressure free throws late in the game. Yeah. Gobert at the free throw yeah. line, that's, uh, that's changed over time. It has changed over time. And, uh, you know, and I think the thing about Rudy that you guys have watched him practice and play for a long time, but he doesn't, he doesn't force things anymore. He, he's much slower in the post, not in the sense that he's slow of foot, but that he just takes his time. He's more patient. He can step through, and he's not in a hurry to shoot the ball. I mean, I, I remember watching him two or three feet from the rim and getting in a hurry and trying to get there and be in an awkward positions and get a shot blocked or he's off balance. He's more balanced. He lets the game come to him. You know, a lot of guys get frustrated if they're not scoring. You know, and and, I, and I'm not saying that Rudy was like that, but I just know my experiences when guys that are averaging 15, 16, 17 points a game, or and all of a sudden they've got two or three, they're trying to force up. Rudy's not doing that, and uh, whatever he's done to get himself in a really good place mentally with free throws, because his form looks pretty good from what I've seen. Uh, but you know, just being seven plus foot and and. You know, it, it, things can be a little more difficult for you when that's not something he's had to be counted on to do all the time. But they get eight or ten free throws from him a game and 15, 16 rebounds a game uh, makes him a lot better. But I, I, Rudy's really matured. I, in his interviews, he, he's just, again, you're around him a lot more than I am, but he just seems uh, more at peace with himself. He went, you know, that whole COVID thing, too, that, that had to really wear on him. And, and he seems like he's in a really good place. How important do you think it is from the Jazz perspective going forward to close this thing out in five? No, they need to close it out in five. Very important. Um, I, I think what happens if you don't, and then you got to go back to Memphis. The it, 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 our minds are funny. We go back when we start feeling a little bit insecure about whatever it is, and then things life is good, and then we get a little bit of hiccup, and then we're back where we are. It, it wears on you mentally and emotionally. And that, that takes a little bit of confidence for them. Not that, that they don't feel like they can still win this thing. They don't need to be going, ha- having a hiccup at home, getting B at Memphis and going seven to win this and seven. Because every time you go out there and play, there's the potential for injury. There's the potential for anything to happen. And if you can have four and five game series and you're fresh going forward and you get to that conference you know, finals and where guys are rested and they're confident and they're not banged up, makes a difference. I mean, Let's let's face it. I mean, injuries have uh, had a huge role in a lot of teams in the NBA this year. And whoever gets healthiest at the end of the year, who, you know, when, when all things are equal, uh, is going to have a better chance of winning. So it's just one less game they have to go play. They don't need to play more games. Play plenty of games to know who they are and what's going on. Uh, so if you can sweep or win a series four to one, uh, it gives you less. You get rest. You're rested. You're mentally good and uh, you're just in a place 
that feels good as an individual and as a team and as a coaching staff. And not that this isn't already a really mature group, but uh, they're still human. They're still uh, always going to be doubts in your minds when you go up. That's what makes us nervous before games. Those are the things as coaches and players that you deal with. Not, and, and I think it's good. It's good to have the, a, a little bit of fear that you have a respect for your opponent. But uh, they don't need to be playing extra games against teams that they're supposed to close out because it's just it, it, bad things happen sometimes that way. And they, they want to be rested so they can get through these series, uh, get to the finals. Steve, we appreciate a little bit of time, and we will talk to you again next week when this series will definitely be over. Yes, it will. Hey, good talking to you guys. All right, thanks, Steve. Steve Cleveland, our basketball insider. Everything you missed in this show, we will get you up to speed next. The Zone Sports Network is Utah's number one choice for sports radio in Utah. From DJ and PK to Hanson Scotty and the Big Show with Gordon Monson and Jake Scott, the Zone continues to dominate the competition. Thank you to all of you that continue to make the Zone Sports Network Utah's highest rated, most listened to sports station. Your home for the best coverage of the teams you're passionate about is right here. 97.5, 1280 The Zone and The Zone Sports Network. Westbrook right elbow, crossover, shoots right away, scores! Scores! Westbrook, the answer back. 80-74 Wizards. And we, we have a fan who's gotten on the court and he's been tackled by security and wow i'm what sorry what was that guy doing well and there was uh, we were watching the ball come up the this has got to stop this has got to stop what is this knucklehead doing we have an entertaining basketball game and don't cheer him boo him highlights from a long weekend in the nba more bad fan behavior PK, you want investigations, details. Are they doing it on a bet? Is it a dare? College fraternity? Somebody been up uh, buying beers every three minutes the entire game? Tailgating? That's more an NFL thing than a, or a college football thing than a basketball thing. But what the heck is leading to this uh, sudden outburst? I don't know that it is a sudden outburst. I think it's been going on for a long time. It has been going on for a long time, but we've had more... In a short period of time uh, yeah, we recently. Have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I don't know if there's any uh, – some people say, well, the the people are fed up with NBA players and their social justice. I have no idea on that. And, and well, that, that's why you don't go to the game. That doesn't have anything to do with running out and touching the backboard. That one in particular. Yeah. But the other stuff. Yeah, okay. But another one is uh, here it's fans yelling at players' parents, all kinds of stuff. I that can't – now, throwing the popcorn – Okay, maybe that plays or the in bottle that. in Boston. Or the, or the bottle, yeah. And he stomped, uh, Irving stomped on the logo. Uh, not that I'm excusing it by any stretch, no. I, I just want to be serious about stopping it and do everything that we can to prevent it. And if that means uh, curtailing alcohol, I don't know if alcohol was involved, but we all heard about the liquid courage, and we all know you can do stupid things when well, we've you're seen, under the influence. We've seen it uh, another business, the airline industry, Southwest Airlines, after a brutal punch from a passenger at a flight attendant's face, knocked out teeth, big cut, blood streaming down, and Southwest said we're going to stop with the alcohol service on the airlines. And then another airline, pretty sure it was American, uh, said they're doing the same thing. Yeah, I never, when I've flown a lot, I've never been um, 
tempted to clock a, an airline flight attendant. <laughs> hasn't hasn't really come up, huh? No. But I have been when people have been drunk, and it's been very, very uncomfortable. Yeah. You ever been in a flight where someone's been cuffed? Take it? Oh, really? Multiple right. times. Really? Yeah, I haven't had that. Oh, yes, yeah, several times. Well, I mean, I flew a lot for, a lot for work over the yeah. years uh, in addition to flying on my own. Yeah, one time this gal was sitting in the seat and next, and I was on the window going to Phoenix for some work thing, and she's just all over me. And she was clearly drunk, clearly drunk. And Did she, she follow you in the airport afterwards and you called your wife? Is that that story? On the shuttle to get right. the rented car. And I mean, she's just hands all over me, oh, yeah. and and so I texted my wife. I said, "Call me immediately." And so then I acted. I said, "Stay on the phone with me." And t- like, I didn't know what to do yeah. until I got rid of her. And then another guy was just plastered, and uh, he was starting an incident with the flight attendants to the point where they moved me. Rather, because if they moved him. That just transported right. the problem right. from here to there, <clears throat> yeah. and so then they, so then he was alone in the aisle. Fortunately, they can do that. So yeah, uh, alcohol we know, and I, I don't know that alcohol is involved on any of these issues. But I want but what investigations. Is, what what to is? See. Yeah, what is involved? What's going on? Yeah, what and and what I want thorough investigations now to get it to stop. It would seem like the thing you have on your side is liability. You got owners worth a lot of money, you got teams worth a lot of money, and they need to minimize. If they are in some way contributing, whether it's alcohol or not enough ushers to diffuse stuff, not enough security to respond quickly, whatever it is, whatever they find when they go digging into this, it could be lots of stuff we could dream up, and I don't know what it is. But it would seem like the team's lawyers would be saying, like, hey, you got to show that you've done everything that you reasonably can to prevent this, minimize it, stop us as soon as it happens. Yeah, maybe have more security up and down the aisles right? Yeah. during games. I mean, I don't know the answers. Well, to I think in the investigation when someone out. runs on the court, I, the first thing I want to know is, well, how far did they run from? They say he ran all the way. Okay, so how many security people should have been along the way? What should somebody have done? You know, there's a lot of stuff to dig into, and we don't need to dig into it on the show. But to your point, there's a lot of things that could come into play here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. What are they? And I would think from the liability, <laughs> that would drive everything. And Money I makes think the world that around. they that they need to know when you enter that arena, if you do anything that's unsavory or tawdry or whatever, you will be arrested. You will be executed, and if executed. Executed? Okay, I probably didn't mean executed. <laughs> okay, good. You'll be banned. At? That's where I thought Ejected. you were going. Ejected. Ejected. Yeah. I, um, I mean, I already think that now. Well, it's no execution. <laughs> no, no, that wasn't the right word. Uh, I think that, uh, PK advocating for capital but punishment. It, but for I think fans. we've seen just because well, that, we've that seen, ought to deter to some anyway. Maybe not everybody. <laughs> I think it would deter quite a few. We're taking right. it right down to the Pointy Mountain. <laughs> Taking you right out to the jazz note, and everybody's watching. I just got a text, and it distracted me, which is why I always have the phone the other way during the show. That's why. I got a text, and I looked at it at the corner of my left eye. (laughs) So, But to to what I was going to say, prosecute to the full extent of the law, 
if it's applicable. Well, player, uh, players, uh, fans with uh, fans getting banned now seems like it's just when it happened a few years ago, and Gail Miller went out and read the speech. Right? It was like the Jazz did this, and now it's just like. Yep, and they're kicked out and they're banned from the arena. They never go again. Yep, they're kicked out from the arena and banned. Never it just seems automatic now. I expect I'm going to read it at the end. That's how every story is going to end. Uh, they were kicked out, banned, and they will never go again. So if you do something now and you get that and you're surprised, that's a you problem. Oh, yeah, and we're talking about so few people. Yeah. I mean, the majority of the people are fine. But even still, like I just saw, we talked about that Padre Rocky thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I just saw the Dodgers play down in Houston, and there was a fight in the stands, you know, because the the Astros beat the yeah. Dodgers, and right. that was the cheating thing. And World so then Series, the Dodgers yeah. went down there, and they won, and that was the first time with fans. And there was a brawl. The guys yeah. are fighting. You can't tell me that alcohol is not involved there. I don't know that it was. The alcohol wasn't involved there. <laughs> I don't know that it was, but but there have been a lot of fan on fan violence. That is, and it seems we've heard to a be ton of them. some, and the teams don't have any problem making all that money off of alcohol. Maybe they need to investigate. I don't know. Maybe you could do it on a credit card. You get one beer per quarter, or you get three per game. I don't. I mean, I'm just talking. Uh, but I want I want everybody involved to to make this stop, recognizing that it's a small amount. I know the Jazz are embarrassed by it. I don't think they should be because I think they're doing everything they can. But I get that it reflects negative and they feel bad about it. I understand how that all works. Uh, I'd prefer – I don't think it's their fault by any stretch that you got some idiots doing what they do. But it's just, it reflects negatively on all of us, so – I, I, we we talked about it the other day, or was it was it earlier this morning? That you're not looking for uh, somebody to go to a game and and thinking, man, I hope the guy behind me is really loud and funny. That was last week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> nobody yeah, does that. Oh, it really helped. And the thing is, and I don't go to a lot of games as fans. Now they sit the media in in the before times, um, but they sit the media in the corner of the bowl, the behind the visitors bench, and so you got a pretty good idea of the people around you there. Now, you're so far away from the players, you don't really – I don't think anybody thinks they're going to be heard down there. So it's more generic fan yelling and screaming. A couple times I've had folks around you. I've had a couple seats, you know, gone and had seats, and uh, it's been pretty normal. So I think to your point that it's normal like it is in most stadiums, and then the loudest, most bizarre, most poorly behaved fan gets the headlines – but if it's you getting stuff thrown at you or spit on, spit towards you, oh yeah, Who'd you know that? that's a, that's a big deal, and it is only one fan out of fifteen or eighteen or twenty thousand. Well, these days out of five or eight or twelve thousand, uh, but it's still a big deal. So, and then and I've seen people, you know, Barkley said, well, one day a fan's going to go on the court and uh, they're going to get knocked out. And like one day, I mean, that was the malice at the palace. We've already been there. It's already happened. This is like an ongoing 20-year discussion, and that was just the low point of it. We got more out of hand than it's ever gotten. Yes, uh, that completely out of control. As far as the games, uh, so Lakers-Suns, but if AD can't go, then the Lakers are in a ton of trouble, and uh, you're going for the hat trick with your Lakers source. LeBron's coming. Source is right. 
AD's out for a long time when he got hurt in the regular season. Source is right. So what's the source saying now? Doesn't think that Anthony Davis is going to be back for five and six, possibly seven. So how do they win a game and get there? Get to game seven. I think that you can win any singular game. That doesn't surprise me. I mean, Dennis Schroeder can go for 30, Mm -hmm. right? Kuzma, who's, I don't know that I've seen a player more inconsistent than Kuzma. I mean, he's just. just, Ostertag. (laughs) Gotcha. No, 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 I don't think so. Because, really? Because he was so inconsistent, that was his consistency. But Kuzma can look awesome. Mm-hmm. And it just seems like, man, there's more to it. You got more. And if he goes for 25... What's up with Kentavious Caldwell-Pope? Is he's he playing? Hurt. Is he going to play? They, they think he'll be back. Right. I know he's been out, but I don't know if he's going to be but back. But he's another role player. Sure, but what you need time. is a role player going off at this point. I don't... But maybe he could. Maybe he could. Just because yeah. he can hit the three. I look Schroeder and Kuzma. More likely. Sure. And but Caruso. The, the Lakers defend so well... They're the team that's still playing the 100 to 92 game. Everybody else is playing 115 to 110, except possibly the Nets. They're playing, you know, 130 to 120. So they don't, the Lakers don't need a lot of offense. So if someone could come in and, you know, if Kuzma can hit three threes and, and if Contavious Caldwell Pope can hit three threes, if Schroeder gets you 18 and LeBron's doing his 25, maybe you, you piecemeal it together and you eke out a game. But. I mean, truth be told, I wouldn't mind seeing the Lakers being executed. Or eliminated. <laughs> just eliminated. <laughs> now you're just going to work the word. Execution and executed into every story. So you totally trust uh, Chris Paul's shoulder now because his injury was know. going to define this series. Before it was going to be LeBron's ankle was going to define the series. Then it was Chris Paul's shoulder. Now Anthony Davis' is groin well, injury. Apparently Monty Williams had told him he wasn't going to start. Or he wasn't going to play, excuse me. Yeah. He was not going to play. And then he said, yeah. William said him, James Jones is yeah. the GM, and Chris Paul. And Chris said, just let me start. And if I'm sucking, I'm paraphrasing, but if I'm sucking, take me out. He got him 18 and 9. Wasn't his best game ever, but good good. it was good enough, right? Yeah, and I don't know that there's a team out there that has a drop off from Chris Paul to whomever. They really need him. AD, well, that's the drop-off because AD's had 34 points in both wins, and he's had 6 points and 13 points yeah, but in they both losses. They, they don't have anybody. Yeah. Nor does – they can't replace – I mean, they have LeBron, and it's like the Suns have Booker, but they need Chris Paul. Right, but I meant at his position, at yes. the point guard position, whereas in Anthony Davis, he doesn't really play a position. Right. So I don't know who's the backup. There's right. Really, he's just so good. Yeah. They need his talent. Whereas Paul's an identifiable position. So if Chris Paul can't go and Anthony Davis can't go, who has the advantage? I think I'd give it slightly to the Suns. Because I think they have more depth. Yeah. I see where you're but, going. But at the same time, those if, those Laker role players with LeBron, LeBron can right. make role players but that's, look way better than they are. That's a huge hypothetical because I think they're going to have Chris Paul. Now he's well, won. Yeah, he played in game four, so I'm thinking he's going to play in game right. five. But he's one moment away from being knocked out. That's why I bring that up. I mean, the shoulder well, clearly he, isn't he is, right. He's one moment away from being executed. And there it is. All right, Lakers and Suns, Game 5 tonight, 8 o'clock, after the Celtics and Nets, Game 5. Brooklyn ought to win that and wrap up the series. They're up 3-1. to one. Blazers, Nuggets, Game 5, they're 2-2, and that game is on NBA TV. The other games are on TNT.
So there's your basketball tonight. We also spent a few minutes on Mark Eaton. A lot of great memories. People posted a lot of stuff. Facebook. So many interactions. that meant so many people. Just a minute, two minutes here and there. Gas station, Costco, a jazz game. Uh, kind of the magic of an NBA player who stays in the town he played in. In this particular community, too, which is smaller. So combine those. I mean, you can get a lot of people stay in Los Angeles, but it's if, LA. you're, if you ain't in Brentwood, <laughs> you're not running into them. Pacoima, hello. Yeah, I mean, that's the, the mileage and the time and all that here. That's not the case. We know where his restaurant is. We've been there. I've eaten there. I've talked to him eating there uh, and all that stuff. And so, yeah, I think that Mark Eaton, if I'm going to name one player who's the epitome of what a jazz player was and meant to the community – it was absolutely Mark Eaton. There's just no doubt about it. Has anybody stayed in this community that long from the Jazz? Well, Thoreau played in Italy, so that's, I mean, I think he's the next name that comes to mind. But he was gone for a long stretch because he played in Italy for a long time. It, I don't know. Well, in Minnesota, too. So uh, probably seven years in Italy and gone for a decade. Right. And so Mark never played for another ball club. And he was discovered yeah. underneath a, a motor, a car and all that stuff. And, yeah. you know, and he didn't play. Yeah, play Thurl's, right. Thurl was wildly talented from the get-go in a high draft pick. Oh, my not, gosh. Not He's as, winning the national not title. As, not as relatable. <laughs> Sorry, Thurl. <laughs> the national you're, title you're too good. Yeah, was he like the rebounding? sixth or seventh pick or something like that? Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, he was identifiable from yeah. early on that you were stud, and he was a stud. Whereas Mark is a dreamlike scenario. Obviously, he had to have the height. But staying in the community, being part of the community, really meant something to us. Yeah. He will be missed. It was a, it was a shock, that news uh, coming Saturday morning. And you are right. Thurl was the seventh pick overall. All right, when we come back, your feedback, everything you think about the show, and many of you thinking many things about a 3-1 lead. Again, we'll get to that next. Stay with us. And it's all over almost here. Don't go nowhere. What do you have to say about today's show? Some people with truth. Jazz are up 3-1. Doesn't it feel silly now for all that worrying a week ago when they were down after losing game one? Chuck says, well, we are Jazz fans. Worry is part of our DNA and our collective psyche. That's actually true, PK. Okay, but it could still be silly. As far as the fan behavior, Rhino says it'd be nice if every venue banded together, and if you get banned at one venue, you're done at all of them. Oh, how about that one? I like that. And while alcohol might be a factor, jackasses are going to be jackasses. Some truth to that. Ban them at all venues. How many people go to multiple venues? A few people do. Um, it's more symbolic, though. Yeah. Tom says it's not the alcohol, it's Trumpism. It's not just in the arenas, it's on planes, in grocery stores, in airports. He's destroyed civility, spewing hate, violence, and subtle racism for five years has taken a toll. Yeah, I remember when the OJ verdict was announced and the division that was there. I mean, I went right to Trump on that one. So, yeah, I would blame him. When that thing got and you had one group of people cheering wildly and another group of people were mortified, I went right to Trump and said, doggone it, that guy, look what he did. It was all on the Donald. (laughs) That used to be a thing. It's not anymore. 
And if you see them in the streets, harass them. Go ahead and do it. Yeah, I can remember that one. I can't believe he said that. Uh, we got multiple people here on Dylan Brooks. Would he make a good jazz man? Has he got too many issues with jazz fans? He was trending during the game. What issues does he have? He headbutted Mike Conley. He punched him in the kidneys twice down in the corner away from the ball. He's got issues. I think if he were here, jazz fans would love him. I got to give him credit, man. He's better than I thought. And sure, he gets under your skin and you go ahead and dislike him. I've got no problem with that. But as far as his ball playing, he's more of a baller than I thought he was going to be watching him in college. Second round pick, right? Yes. Yeah. Look at him go now. All right, Yak just got an open mic. What have you got, Yak? This comes in from Travis relating to fan behavior. Hey, guys. Banning the fans doesn't really matter because can, we can only afford to go to one game every few years. So big deal. Banned them. Who cares? But can we get that laws against stuff? And then you have the like the kid who threw the bottle and almost hit Irving. That's something that the, he was arrested, right? Yeah, so you can you can charge people banned. with misdemeanors. And I didn't know this, but I I heard that uh, Trey Young declined to press charges that he could have for the spitting incident. Someone spit towards him, at him, but didn't hit him. And there was a chance to uh, press charges there, and he declined. The throwing the bottle seems obvious to me that that could be some type of assault, and there would be charges for that. I didn't know for this. Oh, my spitting. gosh, if it hit him? Oh, yeah. No, it's going to lost There's a, There was an NFL game years ago, because this has been going on forever. Uh, it was in Minnesota. It was a Cowboy-Viking game, and a referee got hit on the field and was bleeding because he got hit by a bottle thrown. Well, and back in those days, it was probably glass. Yes. As opposed yeah, no, to... Yeah, I think it was. That's what I assumed, as opposed to po- uh, plastic now. Yeah. But there was one of the first incidents I ever saw at the, at the then Delta Center. The refs were going off in the tunnel across yeah, from yeah, the yeah, jazz yeah. bench, and yeah. somebody threw a water bottle. Yeah. Stupid. Yeah. Yeah. All right, DJ PK, uh, we'll give Kathy the last uh, word on the jazz are up 3-1. to one. Doesn't it feel silly now for all that worrying a week ago? Kathy says, people are still freaking out. I'm enjoying the ride. I like it. Yeah. All right. We're out of time. Hanson Scott here next. We'll see you tomorrow.